It's a NFT that I bought. It's called Crypto Pills. And the guy that's the artist worked with Eminem, the rapper. Oh, uh, wow. He designed the pill man, like in the anger management tour. So he came out with his own NFT called Crypto Pills. And this is one of the Crypto Pills. Joe, do you know what NFTs are? They're like pictures, right? Yeah, they're like art or collectibles. The correct phrase for NFT is non-fungible token. So it's anything on the blockchain that can actually, it can be an art and intellectual property. It could be music. It could be a video, an image, whatever it may be. And what do I do with it? Uh, (laughs) You you would collect it, but some of them have utility, right? Is the NFT something you could hang on the wall over your shoulder? Yeah, let okay. me show you one. Okay. <laughs> I just wanted to make sure it wasn't like Bitcoin, where it's like, here's a picture. Yeah, you can hang it. It's digital, but you could put it in a frame. Oh, all right. Like this, all right. This is oh. a crypto pill. Once I tasted crypto, it was almost like stocks were standing still. And I yeah. was like, this is pretty exciting over here. So, totally. All right, Joe, crypto what does taste like? Welcome back to Conspiracies and Beyond. We're here with Hugh, Todd, and Jedi, and Joe. And we will be talking about cryptocurrency. How exciting. All things crypto and mining. Thanks, yeah, Hugh, so, for coming on. Yeah, oh, absolutely. So Hugh, Thank you for having me. So, Hugh, we spoke to you last week, and we had a mutual friend introduce uh, Jedi and myself to you. We didn't know what we were walking into. We thought we were just zooming with him and then all of a sudden we were in this presentation the whole time me and jedi are texting like, what is this we thought it was <laughs> some type of pyramid scam so right right we definitely wanted to get into mining but after we spoke to you obviously i went straight to the internet and reddit and googling all this stuff about mining and there is a place i know you from it's pcs vision from sprint fast easy to use emails like your computer on the largest all pcs enhanced nationwide network this is great somebody just graduated uh-huh. i've seen that commercial a million times i looked at your reel i'm like i know that commercial i've seen it a thousand times that's funny that's so funny yeah it's so funny. what's your Back background I was learning how to use a phone now i'm learning how to use bitcoin yeah <laughs> what's your background before bitcoin yeah, so before Bitcoin, I grew up on the East Coast in Pennsylvania, and um, I played a bunch of sports, showed horses. When I was 18, I joined the U.S. Marines. I worked on uh, aviation electronics on helicopters on CH-53s, which are the big cargo helicopters. They call them Hueys. And I went to uh, Paris Island, South Carolina. And then I went to school in Tennessee at a Navy station there, right outside of Memphis, and then California. And then I I worked about 10 years in the restaurant industry. And then when I was 20, around 25, um, I got into acting and stuff like that. And at the same time, it was kind of weird because in the restaurant industry, I started getting like pains. I don't know if it was like carrying a lot of plates or something, but um, they said, you can't keep carrying plates and you got to find something else. And I was like, what am I going to do? 
So I actually mm -hmm. started doing kids parties and I actually started my own event planning company and started doing parties for people like Will Smith, Magic Johnson, the Wayans brothers. So I did wow. parties for like Jaden, Trey, Willow. Like, like mm -hmm. I spent time with a lot of these celebrities' kids and I entertained and did magic and all sorts of stuff. And then we got into big, big events like a haunted house that was in People Magazine for the Smith family. And at the time there was no social media. So it was just all kind of yeah. word of mouth. I was doing parties at Oliver Stone's house, uh, you know, Katie Seagal, all these different people. Oh, yeah. And I was the guy dressed up in the costume doing balloons and magic and all these different things for these kids. Right. And then I got into uh, some domino art stuff too. And I'll mention that because I'm going to be, yeah. be on TV in a, a couple months on Fox. Yeah. I, I got yeah. onto this reality show called Domino yeah. Masters and I did, Dominoes for Justin Timberlake, uh, Stephen King, Mary Kate, and Ashley Olsen. <clears throat> Got into digital marketing, and then from digital marketing, I went to kind of like direct sales and uh, had my own, you know, had my, had my own SEO company, um, which I still have some clients where I did, you know, ranking for luxury real estate, e-commerce sites, stuff like that. And with the pandemic, you know, somebody told me about mining, and I didn't really know that much about it. And I remember I just got a bigger office in Santa Monica. I just hired more people. I just got more clients. I was having the best year I ever had. And then, and then the pandemic happened. And I'm like, oh, this is not going to touch me because I work on Google. Next mm. thing you know, all my clients started shutting down their offices. And I'm like, what am I going to do? And at the same time, the mining business that I got involved in just freaking took off like lightning. I mean, my phone yeah. wouldn't stop ringing. And I was like, wow. I was so lucky that it happened at the time that it did. And it's just literally changed my life, like cryptocurrency, Bitcoin mining, NFTs, like just being in a different dimension of how money can work versus like suffering to get a dollar. You know what I mean? Because we right. all kind of like, sometimes we swallow our pride and we do things we really don't like doing just mm -hmm. to make money to, you know, support our family and stuff like that. So it was actually yeah. quite refreshing. And I ended up moving to, Joshua tree about a year ago and I unplugged myself from the city and then the cryptocurrency just took off. So it's been an amazing journey. Yeah. That's kind of like my background and there's a lot of stuff in between. Yeah. So, so yeah. How did you get involved in the mining though? How did you discover it? Or did someone find you? How did that work? Yeah. So my brother um, who I helped start a event planning company too, um, he called me up. He still lives in Pennsylvania. I live in California. And somebody that knew me from about 10 years back said, hey, I want to talk to your brother. They knew I was good at marketing. And they called me up and said, hey, do you want to buy one of these machines? And I was like, well, what is it? And they said, well, there's hash power and giga hash and you get this hash and that hash. And I'm like, I have no idea what you're talking about. Like, mm. like uh, send me a video or something. I just kind of brushed the person off. And I, I said, uh, yeah, I'm just busy. Like I have my own company. And then he called me back again and I ended up talking to one of the co-founders of the company and they introduced me to the owner of the company who basically had become a millionaire by the time he was 15. And still, because I had my own company, I was just busy being busy. And I, yeah. you know, like we all get busy, like what we're doing and we just don't pay attention to anything else. But luckily I bought myself a little machine just to like get them off my back. And I figured, well, I'll just try this and see if it works. Yeah. And it worked. And then I started learning more and it just kind of opened up my mind as far as what could be possible.
So if you want to be a customer, you just have to buy a machine. There's several packages. And then is there literally nothing for you to do? There's nothing for you to do. I mean, it's the same thing as if you take an ATM card out of your wallet and you withdraw money. That's pretty much kind of it. But you don't even have a card. You just type it into the computer and you send it to your wallet, cash it into your bank account. So all you got to do basically is you purchase the equipment. You know, I, I found the company that gets the machine activated literally within a month, which I thought initially was a long time until I started shopping around. And I found that some companies, you have to wait like five, six months. I'm like, why can't I find this equipment anywhere? And it's because right. all these people with money are like sucking it up because they want to print their own money. And you pay them for the hosting. The hosting includes the electricity, the insurance, all the headaches that you don't want. Yeah. And then you could just kind of travel the world and withdraw your Bitcoin every day uh, and spend it, save it, hodl it or trade it or whatever you want to do. So it's it's pretty stupid simple. There's what exactly the, does the machine do? I mean, for those of, of our audience who don't know what the machine is or what it's supposed to do, what why why do we need it? That's the only way to mine. Yeah, in order to there's a couple ways to get Bitcoin. You can acquire it by buying it. And if you buy it, if the price drops, then obviously you lost money. But if you buy one Bitcoin, let's say you buy two Bitcoins, and right now it's 100K for two Bitcoins. They're about 50K a piece. And you hold the two Bitcoin for the next five years. In five years, you'll have two Bitcoin, whatever the price is. But if you took the same money that you were going to put into the two Bitcoin and you put it into a bunch of mining machines, you're not buying a currency. You're actually buying the equipment that grows the money. It's like buying the goose that lays the golden egg. And in five years, you could have six to nine Bitcoin for the same amount of money that it costs you to buy two. So if you could do that, and then you don't have to get emotional and look at the price, every day you're just getting Bitcoin no matter what the price is, you're actually getting some transaction fees too. Now, you can buy a currency or you can mine it if the currency you're in, you can mine. Now, Bitcoin is what we call proof of work. So in order to actually mine the Bitcoin, you need a computer that connects to the Bitcoin network. It's got a certain amount of hash power. And then there's some mining difficulty that's based on how many people are on the network that can go up and down. And a long time ago, like back in 2010, you could do it from the top of your GPU, but it got more difficult as the value of Bitcoin went from like $300 up to 50,000. Um, it became a lot more competitive. So now people couldn't do this at home because you needed more power, more electricity, more machine. And these machines that I bought, you know, like if, if I were to play them right now, we wouldn't be able to hear ourselves think because they make the noise of like five vacuum cleaners, like running 24 seven. We need earplugs yeah. um, and, it, and they take a lot of energy. And most of the energy in yeah. mining is renewable too, just so you got, cause I know that question comes up is like, how is this for the environment? You know, it's kind of like, yeah. how is driving a car down the street? But most mining facilities use renewable energy because it's the cheapest form of energy and that's how you become profitable in mining is having cheap energy, the right setup, efficient machines, and now you're mining Bitcoin. So Joe, just so you know, so say we bought one of these machines. I think, what is the smallest package? About four grand? Yeah, you the know? smallest package is about four grand. So you buy the machine, Joe. It doesn't come to us. It goes into a mining rig in what? Uh, is it Montana, Wyoming, or Calgary? Yeah, yeah we have one place in Montana that's uh, hydropower. And it's right near Kalispell where there's a big ski resort. 
and and it's and the power comes off of a, a dam you know water and um and then it's set up there and people monitor for it it's insured you own it and but they take care of it for you and the electricity is much cheaper than if you have it in your your basement and they monitor everything and make sure that it's working the right way and if something happens to it they fix it for you and if uh, they can't fix it they'll replace it one time so that's kind of how it works is they they hook it up after you buy it uh after the cycle of if you mine for three years and you decide you want to have the machine ship back to you i mean then you own the machine and you know you could try to do it on your own but i don't want to do that and you just renew the hosting like you would a website which includes all the electricity and everything now it's four to six years for a machine what happens after that do they just die or something yeah well it's kind of like a laptop i mean i have a 10 year old laptop you know in yeah. my house but it's not going to work like the one i bought five months ago you know like it the technology you know it's meant to last a long time when you look at companies like riot or marathon holdings these are companies that buy like 20 to seventy thousand machines at a time and they're spending a yeah. couple hundred million so if it was obsolete in six months it wouldn't be profitable so they've got to last like if you were to put in s19j uh made by bitmain uh, on the web right now, you'll see that the lifespan is over five years. So they, they're, they, they're just meant to mine Bitcoin. That's all they do. They're not for gaming. They're not computers that you do like send emails on. It's just purely for mining Bitcoin. It's got a special ASIC chip in there to mine the Bitcoin. So if you were going to explain how you get a Bitcoin to someone who had no idea, what are they, are all the computers working together to get the code to, to, get the algorithm how does that work like what if the machine i buy never gets a bitcoin do, do we get an average because say a silver yeah. gets like ten dollars a day how does that work yeah so it's all based on hash power like what can you explain like? what hash power is a hash power is like horsepower in your car so like if you have a ferrari and have a bicycle you're obviously going to go fast as long as the engine works and it you know it drives um you're going to go much faster than me because you have more horsepower in a computer it's called hash power so you could have a little you know little computer maybe it's got i don't know 10,000 hash power but then to get 800,000 hash power you're going to need like 20 computers right so you need more computers therefore more energy uh with with our company right now if you uh if you get eight computers that's almost a million giga hash you're mining roughly almost anywhere between 85 to 100K per year passively in Bitcoin. If you have one machine's mining about a thousand a month, we're talking an S19J because it's got a hundred thousand giga hash. So whether you buy one Jedi or Todd or Joe, if you guys all buy the same machine, same model, we're all mining the same amount on that machine. It's just like, what are the other factors? Are we paying cheap electricity? Do we have it set up the right way? And what happens is you connect these on what we call the Bitcoin network through a mining pool. There's different mining pools out there, like there's Antpool and Slushpool and some of these other ones run btc.com. And some of them are more consistent than others. Some come with different measurements where you get part of the transaction fees and they do the average. Some, there is no average, there's no transaction mm -hmm. fees. So you gotta get on the right mining pools. I don't have to worry about all this stuff. This is probably, more information than I've talked about within mining, like here, than I talked to with regular people because regular people, they watch a video on how Bitcoin mining works and then they're like, okay, 
you know, we're solving equations on a block on a network. And for solving the equations, we get rewards as a miner, depending on the hash power. So do most people start off with the silver and then they get going and money keeps coming and then they'll go up to a platinum and then eventually maybe the black diamond, which is the biggest one. Is it get addicting? Keep buying machines when you see the money coming in? It, it does. I, I find that most people, when they buy a machine, they end up buying four or five more machines. Um, yeah. Some people start with a big one. You know, there's some people that are just, you know, hey, they're ballers and they got money sitting in an account and they're like, hey, I'm not getting anything in the bank. Like I might as well move 200K over and get 16 machines and, you know, mine, mine about five, $600 a day passive for the next five years. I think that's a sweet deal. And they just move it over and they buy the machines. It really just kind of depends on your financial bandwidth. And I'm not here to give anybody financial advice. You know, it's completely up to you how many machines you want to get, but we get all sides. You know, we have some people that start small. I started small. I started with one machine. I got another machine and then I bought, um, I bought like 19 more machines within a period of five months. Wow. Cause I, yeah. <laughs> and the machines so, like, I mean, machines like 12 K. So if you buy, if you buy yeah. 16 machines in three months, it's, I mean, that's what I bought between September and December last year. Uh, because I was like, Hey, I did the math. I mean, my, my wife, I, t- I did the math for my wife. She goes, well, that makes sense. Don't you think we should just get them? I'm like, yeah, which card do we use? Which yeah. one has points? Like get some points. <laughs> yeah. It it is simple well, math. While, while she said yes, yeah. I'm like, okay, I better buy it now before she changes right. her mind. Because I'm like, because say bit say Bitcoin doesn't move and these machines last five years, you make about four or five times your money. I mean, it's just simple math. You know what I mean? Yeah. And it's probably yeah, yeah. going to go up. My accountant told me I could write off the machines. I'm like, oh, there's another excuse. That's why I bought my second set of eight. I was like, another good excuse for a write off. I'll get eight more before the end of of the year. You know. Right. So El Salvador is the first place to make it their national currency, right? Yeah. yeah. So and Jedi, there's other I think countries right now yeah. adopting yeah. like the Ukraine is looking at like XLM and, and Bitcoin. And, you know, a lot of these countries, they're looking at stuff right now. Yeah. But isn't Japan Jedi. banning private crypto? Like they just sent something out, Japan banning private crypto. What happens when countries don't want to authorize it? Well, crypto doesn't really have any boundaries. You'll find a lot of people in crypto are living in different places around the world. Uh, there's people going to Panama. There's people going to Portugal. There's people that are living remotely in like Costa Rica and Thailand and Malaysia. And, um, I, you know, I think I'll tell you what I think is happening with the countries. I think the countries want to control the people. And as soon as they start moving all their money out of the bank, they don't have a tab on what people are doing in their behavior. And if you take this back to like even, you know, something like a Facebook or a meta, you know, the most valuable thing that Facebook had is is not the customers, but the data. And so when now the governments don't have data on what's happening financially, they can't tax people. And if they can't tax people, how are they gonna make their money? How are they gonna support all the all the matrix, right? The the system that's in place. So I think uh, some of these countries, they're like, oh, we're going to come up with our own crypto. I, I forget what it's called. I think it's like cryptocurrency for the country. It's like CDC or something like that. And then they get people on the platform so they can track them and they can also look at their behavior. So like if Jeddah, if you're in a country and we're giving you benefits and we see that you're spending money on this blockchain, on movies and things that don't support your family, well, we're going to stop giving you the money because we're giving you the money for you to live. 
not for you to go and do all these other things. So now you can track behavior of spending. You can track the data. You can see where people move the money to. And, and it's a way to like keep a tab on people. You know, I think I don't want to get into, you know, I saw the word conspiracy and then mm-hmm. I think about the word taxes, but who came up with taxes because we get taxed from every different angle. And I know right now there's a lot of stuff going on with crypto tax. I, I think it's important to pay a tax on money that you make, but there's people that don't even understand this money that are trying to figure it out so they can take money and they're not even supporting anything around that. You know what I mean? Like you can get a piece if you help with it, but if you're not helping, you you know, why, right. why are you getting a piece? And, and I did hear in El Salvador, if you trade your crypto, even if you make money for the U.S. dollar, that doesn't get taxed. That's pretty cool. Did you hear about that? No, I didn't hear no about cap- that. No capital gains tax if you trade it for the dollar. And one of the reasons I think crypto is here to stay, Jedi, is say you live in like a third world country or say you live in Iraq and you save up millions of dollars and say you go to war and another government comes in, the money you have is like worth nothing. So if you have cryptocurrency, it's better than anything. Yeah, they'll deflate a market. I heard a story from, uh, I was talking to a guy today and he said he put a bunch of his money overseas Actually, it was Michael Saylor has got a story. He put a bunch of his money in some overseas country and they deflated the currency and all the money he had became worth nothing. Oh, yeah, right. And, and, and it was like, that hurts. What do you, and they can, they can, the government can take money from your account, like if you owe taxes and, and they have access to your money. But with cryptocurrency, the biggest challenge they're worried about is they don't have access to people's money. You can't get into someone's wallet. You can't get their seed phrase. Um, yeah. How do you, how do you do that? You know, and, yeah. and then if you have a bunch of gold or something and you need to escape or leave, you you can't take it all with you. It's too heavy, right? It all you set off the have... metal detector, right? Yeah, yeah, yeah. You just have uh, these crypto apps. What's in your bag? Oh, I got like six gold kilos. You know. <laughs> <laughs> hey, do you think that like Bezos or Musk like will eventually come up with mining rigs? You know, I, I have this feeling around Elon Musk because he talked about, you know, renewable stuff and then he got on the board of like environmentally safe, like mining. I have a feeling he's going to try to do something, you know, almost like taking Tesla and put it into mining Bitcoin. Um, I've heard some rumors that he's coming up with solar stuff that could actually yeah. mine cryptocurrency while you're, you know, generating power and stuff like that. It, it, maybe he's kind of like on that whole another level where nobody thinks he might. Right. He might do something like that. He's 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 uh you know risky enough to try stuff some new stuff. Do you think people that missed out like on two thousand nine when Bitcoin was nothing, this could kind of be the beginning of something if they want to get in on mining right now? Yeah, you know, um, you know, again, we're not here to give financial advice, but it, it's a great time right now with cryptocurrency and mining. For mining, typically the average person wasn't able to get into mining because of the cost and just trying to set up your own data center. It's not a cheap thing. I had somebody on my team and their friend said, hey, he's going to fly me to Utah. He's going to set up his own data center. He wants me to invest. And then he just called me literally yesterday saying, hey, my whole friend, you know, backed out of, he said, man, it's going to cost him millions of dollars and he's not even mining Bitcoin yet. And, and, you know, Mm -hmm. we all think it's simple to build a building on a, on a land. And you look at what's happening right now with COVID and construction's costing 400% more just because of the import export wood materials. And so it's not always that easy to just throw up an establishment overnight, especially if you have a window of time with like Bitcoin, like if you wait two years, you could miss like a really juicy spot, you know, in history. 
So, yeah. Joe, I want to show Hugh that video of the guy that built the $850 uh, Bitcoin machine. Nobody's going to know. Nobody's going to know. They're going to know. How would they know? How would they know? How would they know? I can't. I can't. He's using the Starbucks Wi-Fi and he was mining Bitcoin. Is not that not realistic? Or... <laughs> I, I heard of, I heard about that guy. And then wasn't he trying to sell these things or something? Yeah. Yeah. Did he was he successful in selling them or it looks like it. I, I kind of read a little bit about it. it. Looks like he was making money off it. Is that something the average person really can't do or I don't know how that would work. I I mean, what are you gonna do? Sit in Starbucks? I guess drink free frappuccinos and <laughs> <laughs> but why do you need so much power to i don't that's right. the thing i don't understand how much energy is used i mean what's the computing power if, if i were i mean if i were to go to let me go to one of these machines let me just look and see how much power one of these things uses but uh you know that they, they they use a lot of kilowatts but uh let me see if i can come up with the machine with the specs uh let's see I'm trying to see if there's uh specs on it but i know it's quite a bit uh let's see full technical specifications we're looking at uh talks about the environment minor size reference power efficiency hash rate i don't know you need like uh yeah it's hard to even understand this jargon to be honest it, it, it is it's... So, so another thing is say you live on uh like an island country and electricity is really high now when bitcoin goes down aren't those people going to shut their machines off first so we'd have a better chance of getting the bitcoin yeah they're they're going to shut down their machines because like what what happens in uh places like um you know like even in china they have monsoon season right so when the weather comes through they shut down a bunch of the the bitcoin mining factories and then we all mine a lot more bitcoin in fact when china unplugged a couple months back and Bitcoin went down to 29K, I was mining like 40% more Bitcoin. So instead of on eight machines mining like 1.6 Bitcoin a year, I was mining like 2.64 Bitcoin a year during that period because people shut down, they pulled off of the network. And uh, yeah, the power is a big thing. I mean, I have people right now that are buying machines in Fiji, Tonga, Australia, New Zealand, uh, New Ways, Papua New Guinea, uh, Spain, Italy, London, especially in Europe, like electricity is super expensive in like Germany and Sweden. There's no so, way somebody is going to be mining there, you know? Yeah. So mining happens by chance when you get the Bitcoin. I'm not fully understanding that part, depending it's on not, the electricity. It's not, it's not by chance. It's based on your, like, if you have the hash power and you're on a certain network, you're going to get a certain amount of Bitcoin based on the network. There's a there's a, a calculator that shows what output of electricity on the network is going to generate what kind of amount of Bitcoin. And so the thing that gives you more likelihood to mine more, it's not like a it's not like a roll of the dice. It's like, oh, you're right. gonna buy a machine okay. and I hope I get a golden egg this year. You know? Right. You're gonna okay. you're gonna get pieces of that egg every day. The question is how much hash power you have. Like for example. Eight machines right now that I have are are generating, you know, maybe like seven thousand dollars a month. So if I have if I have twenty four machines, I'm generating twenty one thousand a month in passive income, and and I'm paying for the hosting. But it's going to be pretty right on to where the hash power is. The thing that fluctuates 
in mining is what we call mining difficulty, which is based on how many people are on the network and how difficult it is to mine. And typically when the price of Bitcoin goes up, like it did over the last you know, six months, it went from you know, maybe 25K up to 69K, it, it jumped up like we're talking 200 and some odd percent. Well, the mining difficulty got much harder because everybody and their grandma now wanted to get a machine and see if they could mine Bitcoin because it's worth a lot more. But when right. Bitcoin drops, like what Todd was talking about, a lot of these people that have an old crappy machine in their garage and they're paying 20 cents per kilowatt hour on electricity, they're going to unplug the machine because their energy bill is going to be more than what they're making in Bitcoin. So you've got to have the right setup that's efficient with the right equipment on the right mining pool. And the more machines you have on the same pool, it's going to be more consistent as far as the mining. You're going to get, you're going to get more consistent rewards than if you have one machine on your own pool in your garage. So there's an advantage yeah. of working with the data center that's got it kind of dialed in. Yeah, the only way I would get involved in something like this is I, I want no part of it and someone to do all the work for me. And I think most people probably want it that way. Everyone's pretty busy. But there is one thing I want to say. In 2015, I went to the opening opening day Red Sox at Tampa in uh, Tropicana Field in Florida. We were getting some drinks. And this was in 2015. They had a sign up, we accept Bitcoin. And it's almost seven years later, and you're still not really seeing that. Like I would have thought it'd be quicker. How come we can't use Bitcoin everywhere? Why can't we use Bitcoin everywhere? Well, I was saying uh, six and a half years ago when I was in Florida, you could pay for Bitcoin at a restaurant. They had a sign on the on the window, we accept Bitcoin. So you would think all this time later, it would be used a lot more in places. How come it isn't? Well, I think a lot of people are adopting. Uh, if you look at a lot of businesses right now, many of them now are, are starting to take cryptocurrency. And there's also cards like on crypto.com. There's stuff stuff over in the Asia Pacific. I have my team that mines Bitcoin. They get these Wirex cards and they can go withdraw cash, go to McDonald's and use their Bitcoin to buy a Big Mac and fries. So it, it's coming. It, I think it's just really which bank is going to be crypto friendly. Like, you know, we have this club where the banks have their club and the cryptocurrency people have their club. And the question is, do they want to play together? Or do they want to say, no, this cryptocurrency isn't real? And now banks are realizing if they don't start playing with the whole cryptocurrency thing, that people are going to take their money in a bank and they're just going to move it into a crypto account, like on yeah. a Kraken or Celsius or Nexo or uh, Gemini, right? Where, where they have right. accounts set up, you can set them up like a regular account with crypto. Is there 21 million Bitcoin and that's it? That's the end? Yeah, and, and then the last Bitcoin mine will be in the year 2140. So oh. in the year 2140, that's when the last Bitcoin will be mined. But there is a limited number of Bitcoin, yeah. right? Yeah. And the reason why it's, you know, if it's limited, when you look at funny money that we have in the United States, we just keep printing it. There's been yeah. more printed in the last seven years than probably in the history of our world, where we just keep printing this currency. And that's why uh, every year it, it goes down 20, 30% in value when we have inflation is because it's not worth as much as it used to be. Next year, when we go to buy a coffee, it's going to be like $6 for a coffee. You know, remember like 20 years ago, it was like a cup of coffee, 65 cents, 80 cents or <laughs> gas, right? Speaking of that, Jedi, I saw one of those stickers today in a gas pump for the Biden. <laughs> I did that. Joe, have you seen those? <laughs> I have. 
I have yeah. everywhere I go now. I see it. Jedi, what was that one you sent me? It was on like a steak. It was like a hundred and five dollar yeah, steak. Like hundred and five dollars. Oh my gosh, it's crazy. Um, That's nuts. Yeah. Yeah, so, everything um, is just through the roof. Too, the mining is different. The mining machine is different than the wallet, right? The wallet is basically something like a hard drive that you keep your Bitcoin on it. Exactly. Yeah, I was gonna see if I could here here's one here. Like you can get a you can get a cold storage wallet. This is what we call this is a, a ledger nano X and it and it, it stays off the internet. It's called a, a cold storage wallet. And so you can put Bitcoin on here, you can put in a safety deposit box. There's a seed phrase that you have to, you know, make sure you don't forget it or lose it. But then your cryptocurrency can stay on this. You can take it with you. Uh, you're not going to be hacked because it's not connected to the internet. And that's probably the biggest challenge right now is the security around crypto. There's even people being hacked off of Coinbase um, where where people are sending you a, a phishing link to your text message. You click on it, put in your details, bam, they take out your your crypto. I had it happen to somebody about a month ago. A friend of mine lost about 50K off of Coinbase. Oh. Um, they hacked into his like T-Mobile account and... It's happening. You just have to be careful what you click on. I, I even got a text this morning from Chase Bank. Someone just wired money for this amount. And I was I knew I didn't wire money. And I when I called the bank, the bank said, yeah, everybody's getting the same text message. And this is a major bank, right? So yeah, you have to be careful what you click on. And there's a lot of naive people in the world. I mean, I know we're all busy and sometimes we don't pay attention. We click on something and mm -hmm. it could be too late. So you got to be careful. Now, the other form of a wallet is what we call a worm wallet. You can get a wallet like Exodus is a worm wallet where you still get a seed phrase, but it's on the computer. And then there's third-party platforms which aren't really a wallet, like a, a Binance or a Coinbase or a Celsius or a KuCoin. That's an exchange. So if the exchange goes down, you don't have your crypto. It's sitting on the exchange. But what a lot of people are doing is they're moving their money from the exchange to like a cold storage wallet for security. And it just kind of depends on what you're, you know, what you're doing with your crypto. Some people stash a bunch of Bitcoin on one of these cold storage wallets, put it in their safety deposit box, and then you play with some other money on your computer. And then that way, you, that way, you know, you're not going to lose everything on one platform. Like I'm probably in 21 different platforms with different currencies. And five months ago, I was on one, you know, so you, you don't yeah, put so all your eggs in one basket. Yeah, but some people have forgotten their cold storage password, right? And it, I've, they, I've heard stories like that. Yeah, I've heard oh a lot of stories. God. I didn't even know some of my friends had crypto, and then I called to tell them about mining, and they said, "You want to hear a crazy story?" And every time yeah. people tell me, "You want to hear something crazy," and and uh, I said, "What happened?" And they said, "Well, years ago, I I bought a bunch of Bitcoin, and uh, I did the calculations, and this is a friend of mine told me this last year." He would have had forty-two million dollars. Oh my god! And he god. couldn't—he couldn't find the seed phrase. He said he had a nervous breakdown for like almost a month. He was depressed. Oh he was tearing his place apart, trying to figure out, looking at all of his emails for the last couple of years. I'm like, Jeez. I feel bad yeah. for that guy. <laughs> and not only those stories, there's also stories about people who would like. I saw the story: the guy had like a pizza party in 2010 and paid with Bitcoin, and it ended up being like a 500 million dollar pizza party because if he's held on to it, you know what I mean? Yeah. I've heard stories like that. 
I think there's a website, isn't the website like stupid things you did with your Bitcoin or something like that? <laughs> it, it's like, um, yeah, it's like some crazy website where yeah. it, it says if you bought a pizza back in so-and-so with Bitcoin, then uh, this is what it costs you. Yeah, it's crazy. So, Joe, so, you're going to um, be in with some machines with me? You're going to get some machines with me? I'm super <laughs> interested in this. I just, I wish it was, I wish I could see it cranking out some smoke. Is there smoke coming out of this thing? <laughs> no, I no, see, no. I just, smoke. if I could see something, I would feel better. What, so, I guess if I have one question, uh, it Warren Buffett says that this thing is, ridiculous like that there's well, nothing let me, let to me tell this <laughs> why why is he saying that because he's a smart oh guy God. otherwise yeah let me let me tell you something about warren buffett so i had a guy remove my fences right i just bought a house about a year ago and and my wife finds someone that wants to buy the fence and remove it because we don't want the fence so i'm talking to him and uh he shows me all this crypto he's got like a couple hundred thousand worth of crypto and he found out i was mining and he ended up buying like six machines and i didn't even know the guy but he sits down with me and his girlfriend and he said that years ago he had i think it was something like 300 or 400 ethereum and and he ended up selling it for 500 dollars a piece um because of what warren buffett said and he sold all of his other crypto too and he said if he would have not listened to warren buffett he would have been on an island today like literally he's like i could have bought this whole city but he got rid of all of his crypto because he listened to Warren Buffett. So I don't know, isn't Warren Buffett now behind Bitcoin where before he was like singing the tune that he didn't like it or something like that? I assume from the beginning, he was behind the whole thing when he said not to get in on it. I was like, son of a bitch, Buffett, I'm on to you. Yeah. I know Elon Musk is into it, but it's all, yeah, okay, Buffett. That's why he's a bazillionaire. Yeah, some of these whales, they they throw out the fake emotional so, stuff in the news and they make these statements. And then on the backside, they're buying yeah. as much as they can get. And, and then drops, they go do right? like an interview <laughs> and yeah, it drops and they get it for a sale. Yeah. Yeah. So, Jedi, I think Draper, I'm going to be the guinea pig. People. I'll be the guinea pig, okay. Jedi. I'm going to buy the first machine and I'm going to keep you posted how it's going. Um, okay. I can totally see this. I can totally see this getting addictive and just keep, <laughs> the, the most people just take the money that they're making to buy machines and throwing in some of their own money. Yeah. You know, there's a couple different categories of people, right? So there's categories of people that want to take their money and create an asset that's going to generate more money. Like that's me. Like I'm a maximizer. I like making money on the money that I'm making. And then there's other people that take their money and they go pay their bills. And so if people could just understand the compounding effect, if they actually yeah. put it into more mining equipment, like me, I'm like, you know, I, I could put money into like a property or I could put all the money into machines that buys a property every year instead of just one property. And, and so I'm starting to think differently, even just through mining, because I'm like, yeah, I could go buy a property and build this building. But if I went and bought like 16 more machines for a couple hundred K, I could probably buy like three or four buildings in the next five years. So it's like how you're starting to think. And so some people just spend the Bitcoin because that's all they're doing is they're making Bitcoin and they're like, uh, I'm going to go to McDonald's. But for me, that's a taxable event. I don't want to go to McDonald's and pay taxes. Just, you know, I don't even go to McDonald's because I'm a plant-based vegan, but I don't want to spend my Bitcoin at a restaurant. I'd rather spend my fiat and hold on to my Bitcoin yeah. and compound it 
I'm very bullish on it. Um, in fact, I, I took a loan on Celsius for the fun of it. I put my Bitcoin in, in, a, in a stash there. They wired me a loan like within 24, 48 hours into my account. And I didn't sell any Bitcoin. And my Bitcoin that was at 37 went up to 67. So it ended up like it almost paid for itself by me not selling it. So yeah. I'm, I'm very right. bullish on it. You know, I'm sure you saw Michael Saylor and some of his stuff. Like he's completely cuckoo and bullish on Bitcoin. Like he'll buy a billion dollars worth and, and then he'll take a loan on the billion and then he'll buy more Bitcoin and then the billion will go to 7 billion and he just made 6 billion. And I'm like, what? You know what this reminds me of? The mining. I used to play this this game. It was an app on my iPhone called Gold Miner, and you were mining coins. And then, like, the more you mine, the more they cost. It just it reminds me of the machines going up. It's kind of exactly like it. Yeah, yeah, yeah. that's funny. Yeah, I never played um, that game, but it sounds fun. Yeah, Jedi. Do you have any more questions about? mining and i think what we want is anyone listening that wants to get into mining just contact us we'll check us out on social media to conspiracy to beyond clovercrest media and we'll get you set up yeah they can send you a message um, and yeah yeah. what would you say to the small fry who doesn't have ten thousand dollars laying around and they want to get into mining i would say try a really small machine like when you really look at the perspective most people have a mistake in their closet uh, in their driveway, in their garage. They have the stuff they've spent money on. It hasn't made money. When you look at what wealthy people do with their money versus what people that don't have any money do, people that don't have any money usually buy stuff. People right. that are wealthy <laughs> buy stuff that makes money, right? right? So if you're buying stuff that's not making money, you know, you're, you're just wasting money on stuff. But, but people that are wealth-minded or they're into like passive incomes or they're into like making $2 off of a dollar, they think about how they can put their money in something, maybe take a short-term sacrifice, not buy some of the stuff, the crappy stuff that you don't really need and putting it into something that's gonna generate that income so that you you can buy stuff and you've created like an asset versus a liability. And that's kind of like basic business 101 is like nobody gets into business to save money. Everyone gets into business to make money. Because if we want to save money, we just wouldn't start a business. We'd just be at home and clip coupons and do all yeah. that stuff. But I think it's I think it's the I think it's the choice between do you want to survive or do you want to thrive? Right? Like if and it's and it's not just about you, it's about like your kids. And if you don't have kids, what happens with the kids that you have in five years? Right? Like like we get so in this bubble of just thinking about ourselves and what can I afford? And we don't think about the big picture of like, what am I going to need money for five years from now? Like, what if I have a family or what if I have a mm-hmm. husband or a wife or maybe I want to buy a house, you know? And I think if we think about what we need money for today, that's all we make is enough money for today. And so I think it's a choice to like put money into something that's going to pay you back over and over, as opposed to just putting money into something that's just like an expense. Right. So I think it's how you frame your mindset and probably like Todd, uh, when he got into crypto, he saw like something else for himself compared to what he was doing that was on a totally different level, you know? So it's, you start to, you start to like dream and go, wow, that's crazy that, that I actually, you know, I, I bought a token and I, I did 500% growth in like five months. And that's what's happening in crypto right now. It's very magical, but 
it's not a get rich quick scheme. You do have to study it. It's going to go up and down, you know, not giving people financial advice, but most people waste 50, hundred bucks on something. You know, if you can get started for a couple thousand, what's the worst that you could do mine Bitcoin. And what if Bitcoin, you know, Bitcoin could go up or down. What if Bitcoin hits 200 K and, and, yeah. and you have a couple thousand dollars worth of Bitcoin. I, yeah. I did an experiment for the average person just, one more thing that I tried because I I'm almost, almost like a guinea pig on crypto these days, but I I signed up for this platform called Swan, and I had them take out a hundred dollars a month without using my brain or my emotions. They just bought Bitcoin every every week, and uh, after thirty weeks, they sent me a statement. They said your Bitcoin that you bought every week without looking at the price went up forty three percent in thirty weeks. Wow. So if I'm buying it on the low and the high and I buy it on the low and it goes back up and the high is kind of like mid range mm -hmm. and I made 43% in 30 weeks, mm -hmm. what does that say about my money that's sitting in an, an establishment where I'm getting less than 1%? Yeah. Right. Like that's stupidity, right? Like you'll, you're never going to be able to save enough to actually create an income to retire on. Right. Yeah, and right. so that's really what you got to think about. Is like, and I have another question about the machines. Yeah. Are they yeah. transferable? Because you you meant like, you know, your generations and kids. I mean, does uh, ownership transfer? Yeah, it does. You can transfer the machine into somebody else's name. You can do a name transfer. After you pay for the machine, you could have the machine shipped to you. You could sell it. You know, you could resell the machine. Um, most people get more machines. Once in a while, we have a, a strange bird that doesn't want the machine and we have people that are like right at their feet like i'll buy it from you i'll, I'll take it for a fraction of the cost wow. like there's people in a heartbeat if someone called me up today and they said they had a machine they didn't want to mine bitcoin anymore i'd buy it in a second because i'm going to save money compared to what i'm getting today you're only mining bitcoin right you're not mining ethereum and all that other stuff yeah i'm just mining bitcoin through this company i mean i have friends that have built some of these other apparatuses it just sounds like a pain in the butt you know, like yeah. I have a friend, these cards were going for a 600. Now they're $2,200 a card. And, mm -hmm. and he's got to like find six cards and go to six parking lots with cash to find them. Cause they're not in stores. And I'm yeah. like, I don't want to do that. I don't want to do that stuff. I don't want to like sit there and, you know, while I'm watching TV, like have machines behind my head that I'm, yeah. some of them look cool. Right. I mean, the Ethereum machines look like a disco. I'd probably add some music <laughs> and do yeah. some dancing and stuff like that yeah. and put them in my cafe. <laughs> So this is episode 24. We did take a couple weeks off without letting people know we had Thanksgiving and a few things going on. So we couldn't do, and we won't, uh, we won't do that again without letting people know that we're taking a little break, but um, I think that about does it. So if anyone's interested, contact me and uh, we'll get you set up and Hugh, I'm going to, how do I get in one of these machines? Do I contact you or? Yeah, just contact me and then I'll get you signed up and uh, you'll be up and running in like two to four weeks. And uh, yeah, it's pretty simple, pretty simple process. It's like buying something off of Amazon. You just purchase it and then they send you a DocuSign and, uh, you know, now you're now you're up and running and uh, mining Bitcoin. And you just got to wake up every day and check your wallet. Or yeah, you don't even have cool. to check your wallet. Just check it yeah. whenever you want. <laughs> and the price of the machines can go up and go down with the market, right? It can. Yeah, last year they were much cheaper because Bitcoin was, you know, ten or eleven thousand a Bitcoin. But then yeah. when everything went up last year, there was like a frenzy. You know, people were trying yeah. to get these anywhere. They were like 
you'd be shocked how many people are looking for mining equipment these days. Wow. So, yeah. yeah. That's I crazy. was shocked. I didn't know there was that much of a demand, like a market. I mean, put up an ad and bam, you get like 10 leads within a couple hours. Like people are like, where is it? Can I bring cash? You know? Wow. Awesome. It's, yeah. Yeah. All right. Thanks for coming on and talking to yeah, us. Yeah. Thanks for having me. I, I appreciate talking with you guys and thank you so much. And uh, I invite people to reach out to you, Todd, and then we can, we can yeah. always do a zoom and take them through the steps, you know, one, two, three, and it, anybody could do this. My mom's 78. She's got a mining machine. Um, <laughs> she wasn't listening to me. And then she saw crypto on PayPal and she calls yeah. me up. She goes, Hugh, what's this crypto? I said, mom, I've been trying to tell you about Bitcoin for like a year. Mm. And she's like, <laughs> she's like, but this is, she's like, this is on PayPal. And, and I said, yeah, that's Bitcoin mom. And she goes, okay, let me give you a credit card. Uh, I want to get one of these mining machines. I'm like, but mom, you don't know anything about, it. she's like, that's okay. Just sign me up for one of these. Yeah. And I was like, PayPal did a better job than I did. You know what I mean? <laughs> so. It is funny that it's 12 years old and still people, a lot of people have no idea what it is. And it's, it's kind of confusing. It's still kind of confusing. Yeah. We can educate people, but thank you again right. for having me on. And hopefully we can make a difference for some people out there. Yeah. Cool. Yeah. All right. Uh, Jedi, yeah. you want to send us off? Well, Marks, the end is here to Conspiracies and Beyond. Thank you so much, Hugh Benjamin, for coming on and taking the time to explain this new, exciting currency revolution that's taking over. Till next time, aloha. Aloha. <laughs>